Thanks to Purple for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Purple is an evolutionary mattress with its own patented technology. Go to purple.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off any Purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So right now I'm sitting upstairs in my master bedroom closet recording this because I had to finish up real fast and it's been such a crazy day cooking, cleaning, recording the podcast, taking the kids out for a walk. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to record the intro to the show. But what's so amazing is that the kind of work that I do allows me to be sitting here right now on the floor in my closet, in my pajama pants, and I'm able to record this for all of you. And I want that for every single one of you. You know, I'm so grateful that I never waited to be perfect or ready to start a podcast or to start creating content or to create my first course. And I could never have waited to be perfect because when I started my podcast, my daughter was 10 days old. So forget it. There was no way to be ready or well slept or to have all the perfectly, you know, composed things to say. And when I launched my first course, I was pregnant with my third daughter and I already had two other little ones running around and I just launched the thing. And this is what I want to share with you guys. This is what I want you to see because so often what we're told is that if we want to have an online business, we need an email list of a hundred thousand subscribers. We need really beautiful slide templates and we need to really master webinars and funnels. And you guys, that is so not my deal. Like I don't relate to it. And, and I, I never could have done it that way. And thankfully I could just show up and be myself and Right now, in the middle of so much uncertainty, I'm so grateful that I just went ahead and took messy action and built a beautiful online community because it gives my family so much certainty. And so I want to share all the things with you. I want to show you what's possible, what you can build online, and I want to be there to just be here with you in this time. I really feel like we need to spend some quality time hanging together. So go ahead and sign up. We're doing a free five-day challenge. It's called Here for This. And I want to know, are you here for this? Because I'm here for this. I'm here for you. I'm here for this moment. I'm here for the overwhelm, the sadness, the uncertainty. And I'm also here for the possibility. And I'm here for you to see that you came to the world to do something extraordinary. And there's no accident that you have this like yearning inside of you. And I want to show you how to do it without needing to be like the people you compare yourself to, just to be yourself. So go to kathyheller.com slash here for this, or you can go to the link in my Instagram bio, or you can go to the link in the show notes and sign up for the five-day challenge. It's going to be pretty epic. And uh, I'm really looking forward to spending that time with you guys. It's like such a gift. It never, never, never feels like a job. It's just such an awesome, awesome blessing. So just go to kathyheller.com slash here for this, and I will see you starting May 11th, but head on over there now so you can join in on what's been happening because we're already getting the party started in the challenge group. We're posting some fun gifs and all the folks that are joining are having a really good time. So come on over kathyheller.com slash here for this. 
All right, now let's talk about today's episode. I'm so thrilled because today we have the brilliant Britt Morin here. A lot of you probably are familiar with her company. It's called Brit & Co. It's one of the largest digital media companies and it focuses on inspiring, educating, and entertaining real women with a creative spirit. They have a community of over 175 million online. They've garnered tens of millions of video views and they produce hundreds of pieces of content every month. Plus, they've partnered with some major brands like Target, Ikea, Johnson & Johnson, Starbucks, Old Navy, Google, Hulu, Amazon, and just so much more. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. It's incredible what she's built. And Britt isn't just the founder and CEO of this gigantic empire. She's also an author, and she's also a podcast host, too. Her podcast is called Teach Me Something New. It just came out last month. She interviews people like Rachel Ray, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, Adam Grant, and more of the world's best experts who can teach you something new. She also has an exciting new membership, which she's going to tell you all about, and you're going to learn a ton about how to use the internet to get messy, put out quick offers, and actually start making money without having to build a runway that's miles and miles long. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Britt Morin. Britt, I'm so happy to finally meet you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I think that you're so fantastic. Like you've literally created this gorgeous empire being yourself. Ah. So let's talk about what you've built and let's talk about where you were before you built it. Well, I was originally from Texas. So that's where I was before I built it a long time ago. Um, yeah, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s as a little girl, just like wanting to be an inventor. I constantly set things on fire. I had two working parents, so I had to figure out how to just use what was around me to be creative. Um, I was also a Girl Scout, and I know we can talk about that later. Yep. But, um, but that also led me into being more entrepreneurial. By the time I was an eighth grader, I was burning CDs for my friends and making a nice little profit off of those. And so I learned how to use technology to create businesses, started learning to code in high school. And so my whole life has always been this sort of intersection of technology, analog, you know, making, creativity. And I ended up fast-tracking college, getting to Silicon Valley when I was 20, rolling through Apple working in iTunes when it was just music, no iPhone, no nothing, then moving to Google and spending several years there, getting what I, I consider my like tech MBA. As a 25-year-old, Google gave me control of a budget that was $50 million. And I was just like, what do I even do? Um, but and got to launch really cool things, worked at YouTube, worked at Google Maps, Google Search. So like learned the ins and outs of Google. And ultimately was like, kind of struck by how many how-to searches there were every year on YouTube and Google. And yet like all the content behind it was awful. It was like how to change a tire, step one. It was like super boring. And I realized that this little maker inventor girl in me wanted to learn how to do things too using this new thing we call the internet, but there was nothing really interesting showing me how to do it. So Thus, Britain Co. was born. This was 2011. And yeah, it's been almost nine years now teaching women how to do things, teaching women how to be more creative, giving them the courage to do things, and ultimately doing that through content, classes, products, and events. It's so awesome. I love that whole journey. And I think it's really cool that you realized that people were searching for how to do. Like that was what, that's a really fascinating thing because I have heard it said that for everything you sell, there will be a line of people around the block who want to know how you made what you sold. Like 
it's amazing how we want to know how to do things. And you, you really zeroed in on that. Now, when you started Britain Co initially, what were you ultimately hoping you would teach them to do? Well, I really thought about it by category. And at the beginning, actually, like 2011, 2012, I didn't know much about creating content. I knew tech. I had worked at Google and Apple and I built apps. And my husband that I had just married had been an early Facebook person. So I was thinking about social networks and apps. And so I was like, well, here's the way I'm going to do it though. I'm going to build a content hub where we just like write content about these categories we're interested in. And then we can create apps for those categories like weddings and recipes and home decor and, and then move people, you know, through a lower price acquisition to download the apps. And so um, what ended up happening, we chose weddings as our first category because I had just gotten married and I built this whole wedding website creator app that lets you log in with your Facebook account. So as a guest of the wedding, you could see all the other like single people, the other people who loved cats, like, you know, whatever. And anyway, it created a really fun social experience at our wedding. But anyways, it was like, then the content site just started taking off even more than the app. And I was like, Ugh, this is not the way it's supposed to go. Like everyone's supposed to be downloading the app <laughs> and like they want more content. And so then we started shifting. We were like, well, got to follow the data. Like people want more content. So let's make more content. And the content that they were loving was like the DIY ideas, the hacks, the shortcuts, the ways to like use new technology to do it faster and more efficiently. And so it was always about that. It was making women's lives easier and helping them be creative along the way. Okay. There's three things in there. Number one, shifting. We had a shift. I feel like that's a huge, important tenant of success is we are going to shift. And I wonder if you could talk about that from the perspective of all these incredible startups that you worked at, all these incredible companies, all the stuff that you've done and how you are like, here for the shifting. Like, can you just talk a little about that? Because I think that's what keeps people stuck is they think it didn't work. You see, it didn't work versus no, no, the, the not working is part of the working. Uh, it's, it's so hard because you get so stuck on this idea that you've fallen emotionally in love with, like yes. the thing that will change the world or the thing that you love to do the most. And then you throw it out to the world and they don't want it, but they want something else. And so it's in that that little moment where you realize what that something else is that the magic happens because you have an opportunity to either go with that and let your customers tell you what they want you to do for them or just stay stuck on your idea. And I think that if you stay stuck on your idea, it's either going to take you 10 times longer to make that idea happen or likely will never happen because it's not what the people want. And in Silicon Valley, especially, you know, I invest in companies as well and I'm sort of all up in the entrepreneur circuit here. You know, we talk about it as the total addressable market. So what is the market size for this idea you have? And then product market fit is this phrase everyone uses. It's like, when does the thing you want, you're giving the market actually start sticking with them? And you usually can't raise bigger amounts of funding until you prove you have product market fit, until you prove that like your audience can grow exponentially, that you have like deep engagement, a real community, like people that are asking you for things. And so I think, you know, finding product market fit is the first thing any entrepreneur should be thinking about as they're getting started. Usually that's what the seed round is for, right? And so by the time you're raising a series A, you know, or a second round of funding, you have to have demonstrated that this idea you had is viable. Great. That's 
so brilliant. And for people who are like listening to this, who want to start their Etsy shop, or they're going to start their first course on that seed level for those level entrepreneurs, what does it look like the viable product and validating that? What's the phase and what do you do and how do you do it as quick as possible? Cause we're in the middle of COVID. Yeah. People don't have a year to like nurture a long, you know, sequence and then finally get one clue yeah. What would you say is a good way to validate an Just offer? Like rapid testing, rapid iteration. So as many, let's say you're selling bowls. Let's say you're like, you make wooden bowls that are like painted very cute, which I know some people do and they, I buy them. Um, <laughs> so like, should you make small bowls, large bowls, salad bowls, dessert bowls, ring bowls, jewelry bowls? What kinds of colors are your bowls? Like, how can you make a hundred different variations of a bowl? Even if it's like literally photoshopping it into an image and seeing what people click on. You know, I know a lot of people that actually just put up a landing page with a product idea and a fake fake photo of the product and then they'll make 10 versions of it and see which one gets the most interaction. Mm-hmm. You just have to throw a bunch of things out to the world and see which like 5% of them people actually care about. And then you can double down on those things and actually make the bowls and make them in five colors, you know, and maybe people just love red bowls. Like, I don't know, but like, you know, I think it's just like getting enough out into the world where you can get a real sense of that data and that feedback before you double down further. Yeah. I love the rapid fire iteration. And I often talk to successful entrepreneurs and I say, how often do you pull your audience on Instagram? They're like, every day, every day. I'm like, does this work or this? You're a little more this way or that way? Which one do you identify with? Like they're constantly collecting data because that is how you make something someone needs. Right. And to know who you're talking to. I think that's really important as well because you know, with social networking, it could be so vague these days. Like I reach women 18 to 45. Okay, cool. Are they moms? Are they not moms? If they're moms, how old are their kids? Like, it's just like, you need to be more specific. I think the internet has proven that there is a niche topic and community for everyone. And that if you hit one of those niches, it could be amazing because people will be really highly engaged. It's hard to be the head. It's hard to be like the Kim Kardashian or Meghan Markle, whoever is getting the most views these days. Like Beyonce wasn't born overnight. So you need to start small and get that little thousand person community super engaged and then build it to 5,000 and 10,000. And you have to know who you're talking to in order to do that. Yeah. And now this is the second thing that you said before, and I wanted to go into it and you've done this so beautifully. Like you are a master building a community. That's not an audience. It's a community. It's not like, look at me. It's come with me. Let's do this thing. Right. There's like such a deep engagement. Now, what did you learn about content and building an audience and what you think are some of those basic pillars that make that audience start to come and you can collect these beautiful people into a tribe. Yeah. Well, so it's funny. The original name of Brit & Co. was Hello Brit, which was kind of lame. That was because it was just supposed to be like the content site. Um, and then when we decided to pivot and make the content site the thing we do, we named it Brit & Co. for a couple of reasons. One, I put my name in it, obviously, because... I wanted to speak to these women as if they were my best friends because I sort of wanted them to be. And like, I was tired of people writing so formally online and like you had sort of the bloggers that was cool. And 
it's a version of that, right? Where you're talking so personally to somebody, but sort of something in between, right? Like where, you know, we're able to have multiple voices of authors, not just one, but still talk to them like we're all girlfriends in this together, figuring it out. And so I think that's really important for authenticity. I wanted people to know me, like my name is on this thing. I'm not going to put up something here that I don't actually believe in. So you've got to really keep within your guardrails of what you would do as a human. I think that's important. The co- always has stood for community, Brit and Co. A lot of people don't know that. They're like, Brit and Company, um, which is so old school and boring. So Brit and Community, because the whole point was like, we're all in this together. Like I said, like, I want to hear from you. Like, what things are you trying and doing? Like, we, if we can build a big enough audience, we want to like, just be able to curate the best of the best of what is easy, what is fun, what is creative, what's working for people. And let's all do this together. And so I really do think that that has fostered like a lot of great engagement to your point, because people feel like their voice matters, right? Like you want to make sure that you're talking to them authentically, that they have some sort of feedback loop. You know, nowadays with social, of course that's possible, but like, are you answering every message and DM and following them back? And, you know, it's like, you've got to really engage with them for them to engage with you. Love it. Yes. So good. I love that you added the co and I love now knowing what that really meant for you and how intentional that was. And you definitely did that. And I think a lot of people would look at your following and feel like it was so out of reach because you're kind of at the Olympic level of that. (laughs) So peeling it back to the beginning when someone's saying, okay, I do want to make those painted bowls and I would love to test it. I don't have 16 people who would even be there to see how do I start to bring people in? How do I find my people? How do I bring them to me? Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, if you're just getting started, there's so many ways, right? Like, of course, get on all the social sites, you know, get up your your website, your Etsy site, you know, those are the basics, the bread and butter. And then what do you do? You could start gifting your bowls to people to maybe feature For them, you could start asking, of course, everyone you know to feature them, to be eating with them. You know, I do think that getting them featured in retailers, like I like to say cold tweeting instead of cold emailing. I feel like people answer their tweets and their Instagram DMs way more than they answer their emails. So like hit up, you know, all your favorite retailers, hit up all your favorite influencers and celebrities and look look for PR companies and talent companies and try to just show up and like wherever you can for these people, even if it's all pro bono, you know, you're gifting it to them. I think, you know, also just like creating content that you want people to have in their life. If it's bowls, like what are salad recipes? What are dessert recipes? Like what are useful things that people can do with your bowls and not just like a picture of a bowl every time you go on Instagram? You know, I love these Instagram accounts where they're like making creative quotes out of objects, you know, like, you know, so get creative with the art around what you're doing. Do something a little unique, oddly satisfying things that like swirling something in a bowl every day, <laughs> like, you know, whatever it is, that's just different and unique and, and fun as a way to get attention. I love it. I love the, the idea of like, yeah, you could swirl different things in a bowl. One day it's like paint, one day it's mashed potatoes, one day. And it's just it's so funny, like what that would change, like, you know, nickels and that. It's going to be so funny. Yeah. So what was it like for you? Like those pieces that you just said, which one of those did you do? Like when you just first threw out your content, when you went up for the first time on Instagram and you had one follower, 
what were you doing to tell people about it? What were you doing that you felt made the first big spike that people went, I'm here for this. Let's do this. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to tag my other friends to follow you. What did you see throughout those first few months that worked? You know, the interesting thing for me was that I was really early on Pinterest. So it had just launched. I think they were still even closing it in a beta. And somehow, you know, at the time it was like just millennial women uh, were on Pinterest, which maybe they still are. But um, I don't know. I was part of this pretty small user base and I just started posting all my content there in addition to the site and you know, other social channels. And, you know, because it was a new community, it just got way more eyeballs. And, you know, Pinterest is known for like where you go to pen inspirational ideas and um, products and things like that. And so that's like what we do. So we started growing on Pinterest really, really quickly. To this day, we're actually in the top five global brands on Pinterest. We reach close to a third of their total global audience every month, like 80 million people, mostly women. Um, I can't insane. even wrap my head around that. Yeah. I, that's incredible. Yeah. And it was only because like I was first there and I was just like playing around and maintaining this like constant content upload. And so right now I'm thinking about TikTok. Like TikTok is having the same sort of viral spike. You know, it's been a hit with Gen Z, but as everything, now it's going to flow into millennials. And then ultimately our parents will probably be on TikTok in like a year. But like, what are interesting new ways you could take advantage of that platform that are new and different? And, you know, getting there first is really important. And like, you know, oftentimes you'll get whitelisted in the signup flows of people might suggest to follow you or things like that. So that was all really important. I know a lot of um, Instagram influencers like slash bloggers who were just early on Instagram and got in that signup flow and have like hundreds of thousands of followers. So it's not saying that that's the only way to get an audience, but I definitely think it's a way to sort of build a community first and sort of take claim of like a new type of network, a new type of marketing. That's, I mean, it's just so ridiculously impressive. I don't even have words for how impressive that is that you have a third of all of their viewership every month. And it's just amazing. And uh, it's interesting to hear you say, like, look for where the white space is now, like TikTok, like there's, there's room there, you know, there's room for you to be a bigger fish. And also, um, I don't think people realize that you can use LinkedIn like that right now. Like LinkedIn is busy, but for content creators, like show up there, I would say there's like more room there. You know, the algorithm is working better in your favor. I mean, that's what I see, but what would you do on TikTok? Because I, I do see TikTok still as like my my eight-year-old likes it. No, it's so funny. I mean, we are starting to work with them as a partner in um, a new like educational content program that they're creating. So they, you know, they just want content that's educational. That could be like how to do things. It could be hacks. It could be actual education. You know, it's 17 seconds. Like it's like very short. So, so like how do you teach someone something in like less than half a minute? But there's a lot of things that you could do. And I think it's cool of, of TikTok because you know, it's not just dancing videos and like teenagers doing weird things. Like they're really trying to up level it and make it a place where you want to go to access new information and insights and create. How would you teach someone something in 17 seconds? Oh, we've done it so many times. Um, like Snapchat is the, is another good example, which we've been a partner with, but like, okay, how to fold a fitted sheet. You just obviously like speed it up on, you know, like stuff like that, you know, like how to turn your old vegetables into like vases and like, you can do it. You just have to fast forward <laughs> the video a little bit. You're blowing my mind. I love everything you're saying. But before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsor. 
Technology has improved just about everything, phones, cars, shopping, but mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep, and we deserve better. Finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The Purple mattress does it all. It's soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. I think it's so awesome how their technology and design allows these mattresses to adapt to your body and sleep style instantly. I've really been trying to get a better night's sleep, so something like this is so helpful. The material is really soft, but also supportive and ridiculously comfy. Plus, every Purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob. For a limited time, you're going to get $100 off any Purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash dreamjob, promo code dreamjob for $150 off any mattress order of $1,500 or more. Terms apply. So you wound up giving and giving and giving to your audience for a while. You wound up realizing that they weren't going to go straight to the app and buy these things, but they loved the content. And so did you spend a good year or two just giving them and nurturing them with content before you then had your next product or how did that work? Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely needed to make some money. So we started advertising. We always tried to do it in a way that felt authentic, you know, where we could make sure that the brand obviously aligned. And, and so it, back in those days, branded content wasn't really a, a thing that was well known. And that was the only way we would do it. So it's like, we'll work with you, you know, scotch tape, but um, we want to like control the types of projects we're doing and like actually build it into like our content and not just like put banners everywhere. And so that actually was really effective because again, it was authentic. And then we started thinking about products. It's always been a dream of mine to make products, but again, listening to your audience, right? So like our audience was telling us, hey, like we love all these do-it-yourself ideas that you guys are always offering, but like, I don't have like three feet of ribbon and whatever else I need. And like, I really don't want to go to like Michael's and whatever, like I don't have time. Can you just like give me the stuff? And so we created Brit kits. <laughs> so Brit kits were do-it-yourself projects all in a box. Um, you could subscribe, you could buy them a la carte. And that was a, it was pretty successful. In fact, We've now rolled them out into retail stores nationwide. We've been at Target. We've had some at Home Depot. So that has been a cool way that that sort of evolved over the years. Internally, it was very operational um, because the, everyone wanted to choose the different type of product. And like, imagine even like a jewelry kit, you need like five little O-rings, two feet of chain, pliers, blah, blah, blah. Like you need some 30 different things all in a box. And and then you do like a hundred of those kits. It's just like kind of an operational nightmare. And so again, as we were growing, we were like, well, this would be easier if a retailer would, would do this for us. And so we licensed, you know, the products into retail rather than manufacturing those, you know, quote unquote on our own. That's so brilliant. The brick kits. That's so smart the way that you did branded content. Let me ask you something. For people who are listening right now, what does that look like? How many people need to be looking at your blog, looking at your content in order for you to start working with Scotch Shape? So that was pretty early on probably. That was um, early on. And you know, at the time, 
Instagram didn't even exist, you know, and social media, people, it's different. Obviously, it's almost a decade later. So the numbers have all changed. But I think the cool thing now is that you could have a presence virtually anywhere. You you might not even need a website. You could have a, a large following on social media and still get brands that want to work with you. Um, the micro-influencers, you know, is now the all the rage thing? because, again, you have that engaged community, right? Even if you have... 5,000 people. You know, my co-founder, Ange, she's our chief creative officer. She started the company with me. I think she has like 2,000 Instagram followers. She gets hit up for branded deals and not just because of Britain Co. Like they just want, they want to do like a mom and me, you know, type of thing. And so I definitely think it's possible. Yes. Obviously if you have 50,000, 100,000, 500,000 followers or unique users on your site or something, it's better it's a bigger package, but mm-hmm. you definitely can still get traction no matter how small you are. Yeah. It's so cool to think about that micro influencer being really something. Cause a lot of people could be like, wow, that seems more doable. Right. right. But then it, it really is about that engagement. Yeah. And the engagement is so much more important than the, the size, right? No. And I know so many people that have bought followers or like I was saying earlier, gotten whitelisted. And so like the engagement is actually really crappy. Like, And those, and those, if those followers you buy will literally hurt your business because your algorithm will change and less of the people who are really custom, difference between customers and followers, difference between the people who really want what you're doing and just humans that are just sitting around. Yeah. You don't want that there. Correct. So what are some of the things that you've done when you were starting and maybe even now, but probably more relevant to our audience when you were starting that did that engagement? Well, really early on, I think we had a team of 15. Um, we launched this massive event called Remake like a year into the company. And it was like such a pipe dream in my mind. I just had this vision for taking over like a giant factory <laughs> or like warehouse and turning it into like, a maker celebration and making it part conference, part like maker fair. And I didn't really know how we were going to do it, especially with 15 people, but you're an entrepreneur because you're crazy. And, and I certainly was, um, and am. So, so we pulled it off. And in fact, I think that first year, 5,000 people showed up, um, from all over the Bay area. And I remember our engineers were like, nailing things at three in the morning the night before. Like it was all hands on deck, but it was so cool because we brought together so many people in real life, which like hardly happens these days and had real conversations and brought in makers and artists that we love to sell their products and created this like community in a 40,000 square foot warehouse Mm -hmm. on one of the peers of San Francisco. And it was just such a magical thing that we we kept doing that every year. And ultimately 15,000 people showed up and millions tuned in to the live stream of the content. And like, and so whether you were physically here or virtually tuning in, we had an actual community, you know, following, watching, buying all the things. And, and so that type of stuff, whether it's, it could be 20 people, it doesn't have to be 5,000. Um, you could do a weekly meetup. We've definitely done 20 person classes, meetups, you know, focus groups. I mean, offer some wine and some pizza and you're good. <laughs> you know, like um, you can get enough people together and, you know, make it valuable though. Like make it worth their time. Give them 
something they can't find anywhere else, like conversation they can't get anywhere else, learnings they can't get anywhere else, like first peak said something that you're going to launch soon or, you know, products to buy soon, get them percentages off. Like there's so many ways to incentivize people. Obviously, I don't know if they can all be meeting up in the age of quarantine, but, um, but this is like also a cool time to experiment and innovate with virtual events and virtual classes and virtual communities. And so it's not going to ever feel as good and human, but that doesn't mean you can't do nothing. I love that you take the lid off (laughs) of where most people see the ceiling and you're like, but what if I could do something that really delighted me? What does that look like? And it's all creative, which is the funnest thing. And then you started pivoting into, in the middle of the pandemic, everyone's like, oh, that actually hurts to hear about that thing at the pier because that's so incredible. And now we can't do anything like that. And I was going to ask you, you know, for people right now who are losing their jobs, furloughed, their business is down 98%, whatever that looks like, or even if they have a business, but now they're like, do I really want to do this? Is this really essential? I don't know if I want to sell this anymore in the middle of it. People are looking for like, what is here for me right now? And, and you've been building something that it's so sustainable during a pandemic because it, it lives online, you know? Yeah. So what would you say to people that is here for them to build? Yeah, I really think that this is an interesting and sort of prime time to think about gated content of any kind, right? So that could be a class. It could be maybe you're a yoga teacher. Maybe you're an art teacher. Maybe you are just like want to share your business skills. Maybe you are tell good jokes. I don't know. But like there's this new platform I've, I've sort of tangentially been working with called Livestack that just launched where you can literally within a couple minutes it's like Zoom, but with a paywall, you know? And so you could say it's $5 for like jokes for the next 10 minutes. Literally my friend, Sam, who built it, charged $5 to tell dad jokes for 10 minutes. And some people did it. Um, but you could obviously offer like more premium content, actual stuff that people would want. I think charging even $5 is not crazy. You get 50 people in there. That's kind of awesome. It's a good good hourly fee for you. You know, how can you make that bigger? How can you do more of them? Um, How can you, you know, do a partnerships to, you know, scale it to more people so they can find out about it. So I definitely think, you know, gated content is a good idea. Just charging people, but not a ton because not everyone can afford it right now, but charging people for stuff. It's, It's part of the reason why we started what we're doing, which I can talk about on the membership side. I think you have to control your destiny though, right? People are scared right now. People don't have a lot of money. They'd actually don't have a lot of time. Oh, it depends if you have kids or not. Um, (laughs) But so like, how can you help them? I think this is a key moment to be shifting, you know, whatever you were doing before. My guess is that like less than 20% of what anyone was doing before makes sense right now. And that like 80% of us in business should be shifting. Like the world is shifting and it's not a temporary thing. Like the world is going to be different from here forward. And so what can you do right now to be on top of that, to be ahead of it? And I don't think that you don't have to make money in the process of figuring it out. You can be testing things as small as $5. So again, this is a rapid test moment, like rapid test all the new things you could think about, charge a little bit for them, see which ones stick and do more of them and continue. So powerful. 
And I love the idea of like, it can be mini offers and it could be, I know a girl who I was coaching who loves to paint and she created this like paint night where it was like, we're all going to do watercolor and it's going to be super like 15 bucks, but meet me. And I know somebody else who created this like mom's night out on zoom now. So like, they're like, bring a glass of rosé and one week she'll hire a comedian to come. One week she'll hire a sex therapist and people pay yeah. like a very little fee just to be part of it. Now, what's interesting about what you just said is it takes the, again, the overwhelm and the pressure away from like, it has to be a fancy membership site. It has to be, because we're going to get to that in a second. And you're really poised to be able to do that because you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. You know, you're, it's like, you could build a full-on membership site, but you were just saying like scrappy, like, can't you just charge for something? I think that's awesome to give people that idea. Like you could just go ahead and do it simply. Yeah. Or even just use, yeah, Squarespace, you know, make your own quick website. Um, they have integrations with Shopify where you can make a $10 downloadable ebook or guide or PDF, like charge for the thing that you're offering. Right. And of course, if you have products, you, you know, that's a much easier way to do it. But like, I think all of us in the, in the content world or sort of the expert world and realm can definitely offer our products and services. I was interviewing a relationship therapist a couple of weeks ago who came up with like a whole relationship playbook for COVID. And it was like a downloadable format and like put a price tag on it. <laughs> like there's a, a quick revenue line, you know, maybe it's a few hundred dollars, maybe it's thousands of dollars. I don't know, but like yep. try it, you know, you have it. it. Let's talk about your membership. When did this all come together and tell us what it's sort of about? Yeah. So, well, we've been wanting to launch like a deeper Britain Co membership for so long now. It's funny because I've been so reluctant to do it because I wasn't sure like what should be included. And again, this is where you go into like the dreamer entrepreneur mode where it's like my big vision versus what I can start with now. <laughs> and so right now we have a lot of content, but that's like you know, mostly free. And I don't know if it's, you know, I think it's like it's ad supported. And so that's great. But like classes are something that we have a lot of. We have over 120 online courses. They range in topics from business, like entrepreneurship to coding to branding, all the way to like every creative skill you could imagine, lettering, digital illustration, painting, cake decorating. And most of the last few years, people have been buying those a la carte or in bundles. But when the crisis started, we said, you know what? Like we all need to chill out right now. All of our classes are free for a couple of weeks. And half a million people came in and took our classes. And it was like the most amazing, like heart fluttering thing that's ever happened to me as an entrepreneur. Just like the amount of gratitude people had, the way they were taking them with their family, doing them with their best friends across the country. Like, I just love when women show a before and after of anything they do and the like courageous spark in their eye that they have from being so proud of themselves, like that they, they want to try something new again. Like that's the whole flywheel that like I yearn for every day of my life for these women. And so it was like a no brainer. I was like, okay, well we can't obviously keep these free forever. Like we need to make money, but let's give them to everyone for $10 a month. Um, they can keep access to them. And so 
we threw it together like really scrappily in like a week. Um, it was like, okay, we're going to launch membership now, I guess. And so $10 a month, all access to the classes. And so now it's so exciting because people are buying them and, and I'm like, well, what else could I offer them? Like, what could we throw into this to make it even more sexy? You know, like for $10 a month and are there bigger packages they would pay for for $20 a month? And like, ultimately like maybe we should have a virtual remake and maybe that's like an add on just for our members. And so it's cool because my whole, I'm like in total blank canvas mode again. And after doing this for nine years, it's so refreshing and exciting, but scary. And like, I don't know, I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and like, I'm sure people will like not stick around as much and some will stick around, but like I'm excited. And for right now, it's been so great just to have something that, you know, real people can have that gives them value. And, and so I'm learning, you know, all the ins and outs of membership, subscription programs, all the things. And um, truly it's one weekend. So <laughs> figuring it all out as I go. Love. Beautiful. Beautiful. So now for people who are listening, who are thinking, this feels so exciting. I feel the tug. I want to do this. Sometimes people then think, oh, here's what I would put in the membership. And yeah, $10 doesn't feel scary to me. I could charge that. But then they get confused. How do I actually make that offer? Right. And we know online, there's lots of ways to make an offer. Like you can do a DM to an application. You could do a webinar to an offer. You could do a five-day challenge to an offer. You could do a story to a poll to then reaching out to that person specifically and saying, here's an email where I'm literally asking you if you just want it. What have you found for that membership? Do you just like click here if you want it? Is there like a little video? Like what, what are you doing? What are you guys doing right now to literally make that offer? So I think it's like, you know, we look at the top of the funnel, AKA like where are all the people that we could actually talk to? And so they're in a few places. One, they're on our website, which is where our offer is. So Brit.co slash learn. It's in the classes section. And also we're like now creating, you know, banners that we're running across the site of with all the content pieces to obviously direct them to buy it. Second on social. So yeah, the swipe ups, the polls, the, you know, all the stuff that's on social, our email list, right? So we've got a, a nice size email list. And like most importantly, these half a million people who took the free classes got aka a free trial of, you know, a taste of what there is here that's so valuable, we're upselling, right? And so I think the free trial thing is a really great way to create, you know, interest in a membership or, or subscription or a product. You know, I like your idea of a webinar, like give them a little glimpse of what they can expect on the other side to lure them in. And yeah, again, if this is rapid iteration, you're testing on all different platforms, all different types of messages, you know, different groups of people in your audience, but that's the key. You know, you just have to like be firing at all, <laughs> at all angles until, you know, you start to see which one really works. And then maybe you can double down a little bit more there. And over time, what's exciting about this business model is, you know, how much a customer is worth over time. Like how long do they stick around? How much are they paying? What's their lifetime value? And then you could start potentially paying to acquire those customers, you know, as long as it's for a lower cost than what they pay, like you've got a really healthy business. And so we're not there yet. We're a weekend. We need like a little bit more data, but I'm excited, you know, a few months down the line to be able to know like, oh my gosh, Facebook is definitely where like most people are, are excited about subscribing. And so we're going to spend $2 and make 10 and we could do that all day long. And that will create, you know, a really nice business. 
Yeah. Last thing, but it's really not the least. It is so cool and so exciting. You recently just launched your own podcast, Teach Me Something New. I love it. Thank you. Great spin on the huge. Tell me about this podcast. Why did you create it? What are people getting out of it? What's the intention behind it? Well, I think the intention is that I am probably one of the most curious people in the world. I want to learn everything. And so I did this challenge on Instagram last year called Give It a Week, where instead of one New Year's resolution, I chose 52. I did 52 different things through the year, which was amazing and scary and so weird. And I put it all on Instagram. You can actually still find it on my Instagram profile. They're all archived. Um, I'm at Brit. But from learning guitar, going blonde, becoming a Lyft driver, practicing zero waste for a week, volunteering somewhere new every day for a week. Like I just did so many different things. And it was the most transformative experience I've ever had to just put myself out there and learn something where I was a total newbie. And it was fun. Like I stopped taking myself so seriously. Like I learned that I could be a mom and be an entrepreneur and be super busy and have zero time in my life, but still like feel like I'm evolving as a human. And I wanted other women to feel that way too. And so I'm lucky that I have a ton of interesting connections to neuroscientists, celebrities, artists, like CEOs. And I was like, I have to do something with this network. I'm going to invite a cre- an expert at something different every week to teach me something new about their expertise. And like within an hour, I want to learn what they what they know. And so that's what it is. And so it kicks off with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher teaching how to use acting for everyday life. So how to use acting as a parent, as um, someone in the workforce, you know, how to get out of a parking ticket or a speeding ticket um, with acting. I have Rachel Ray teaching cooking. We have Adam Grant, who's an organizational psychologist teaching how to make work suck less, especially in COVID times. And so the list goes on and on. And, um, It's been really like so exciting for me personally. And I just feel like if I'm super excited and interested and curious, I hope a lot of other people will be too. And it's so far, it's been really fun to also just learn the the art of audio, which I'm sure you're like, you need to teach me something new. (laughs) You're amazing. I'm so excited about it. I know it's already a hit and it's just going to like blow up because it's so awesome. And my last question as we're signing off, because you literally just gave us such a masterclass in so many things, but one thing that people are going to feel, which they feel every day, is who am I to do this? I'm not worthy of it. I'm going to get all excited, leave this episode, go make a bunch of notes and come back to, but I'm not Brit. I'm not Mila Kunis. I don't feel like anyone would want me for the job. And so that imposter syndrome keeps people from making messy things, from trying things, from iterating. And everything you just said takes courage to do. So how did you have the courage and how would you encourage somebody listening to have the courage to know they're needed and to go make things? So I like to use the analogy that all of us entrepreneurs are like ducks in the pond where we look super graceful above the water. And underneath, we are just kicking that water to try to stay afloat. And that is totally true. It's never going to be easy. So just know whether you are just starting out or you're Elon Musk to your point, you are kicking that water just trying to swim. Um, The second thing is all these girls, like none of them ever got to where they did without being like the normal girl who was scared at first. And 
And if anything, the give it a week experience that I was Mm. talking about was my master's degree and failing and vulnerability and just like trying a million things. Some of them stuck. Some of them didn't. I'm sure I got super judged publicly, like for putting that out there, but like it kept me accountable to what I was doing. And on the flip side, tens of thousands of women started joining in. They did them with me. They cheered me on. Like there's so much magic to be found in the try. Like people are going to be with you. You're going to have this girl gang and guy gang behind you. That's just like, want you to win and people want to help you. So I would also say like, ask for help. Don't try to do this all by yourself in your little like corner pocket of your room. Be loud and proud. Ask for help. Ask people to share. Ask people to buy. Like be noisy about it. You are an entrepreneur and you are just getting started and this is your moment. And it's going to take, you know, most brands take seven to 10 years to get built and then suddenly they're an overnight success. So like, look at your life and fast forward 10 years, and then you can judge yourself within 10 years if you've made progress or not. But like, if you're on year one or two, it doesn't matter. Like, just try to make incremental progress over time um, and and be patient with yourself. And to your point, know that you're going to fail, but keep pivoting to those things that are working. And you're going to jump around a lot. <laughs> you know, look at Brit and Co. 10 years ago is hello, Brit. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. We were making apps. Like, it's going to change dramatically. But to me, like it's the journey. If anything, that's the most fun. And it's, it's the fact that like I impacted one person's life. That's all that matters. Like I got stopped in a, I get stopped in random places, but the one that I remember most was like Durango, Colorado, world's tiniest airport. One girl came up to me and was like, Brit? And I was like, what? And she starts crying and she tells me about how Britain Co. somehow helped her build up the courage to switch out of her like boring accounting job to like open a flower shop And even though she makes half the money, she is like happier than she's ever been. And like that for me is it. Like I can quit now. I'm done. That's all that matters. So if you can impact one person, maybe that's all that matters. Um, And of course, if you can do it at scale, then that's even better. You're amazing. And I love you and everybody loves you. And I can see exactly why you're so successful because you are a delight and you're a creative, smart human. Tell us where we can find you, where we can find your podcast, the membership, all the things. Thank you. Um, well, you can find me. I'm on most social networks known as at Brit or at Brit and Co. I look at both. And uh, we are Brit.co, not .com, common mistake. If you want to subscribe or want to buy a class, we're Brit.co slash learn. And the podcast is called Teach Me Something New with Brit Morin, available basically wherever you get any podcast. Fantastic. What an awesome episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. I love Brit so much. I could just talk to her for hours. Okay. Here are the takeaways. Number one, when you realize the something else that your people want, then the magic happens. Number two, it's about rapid testing, rapid iteration. You have to throw a bunch of things out in the world and see which one people care about. Then double down on it. Number three, be specific about who you're talking to. There's a niche topic and community for everyone. Number four, we're all in this together. Make people feel like their voice matters. Number five, people are scared. How can you help them? This is a rapid test moment. Number six, ask for help. You don't have to do it all by yourself. And number seven, even if you impact just one person, that really matters. Okay, now let's celebrate your wins. So Allison posted in our Facebook group and she said, 
I'm doing a happy dance today. I launched my new membership this morning and I have 12 people signed up. I'm so excited. I have so much great content planned. I'm so relieved and happy to have people signed up. Allison, this is what I'm talking about. This is amazing. I love that you're creating a community. You're helping people feel connected and supported because that's truly, truly what we need more of in the, in these quarantine times. I'm really excited for you to keep growing that membership and deliver to those people in your cohort. They're going to have an amazing time. And you guys, this is the kind of stuff that I want to show you in the five day challenge. So you too can have stories like Allison and Britt Morin. All right, here's the next win. Kelly said, I finally got the courage to launch my candle company. I started making candles a while ago and decided I wanted to use my skills for good. So I put my candles for sale and decided that a portion of each sale will be a donation for direct relief, which is an organization working to provide PPE and supplies to hospitals and healthcare workers. I posted what I was up to on my Facebook page. And over the weekend, I got over 20 orders. I completely sold out of what I had and I'm now taking back orders for my next batch. Moral of the story, don't underestimate the love and support you will get from your friends and family. If they care, they will support you. Kelly, this is incredible. I mean, wow, you should be so proud of what you're doing. Such a good example of what's possible when you just show up and serve and you put out a small offer people will buy it. And now you can give back in such a generous way. You guys go give Kelly some love. Check out her beautiful candles on Instagram at Care Candle Company. If you guys have a win you want us to celebrate, join us in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can DM me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller. But don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, we are doing the Here For This Challenge. I will be with you for five days showing you how to build an audience online, how to start making offers, what are the different possibilities of things that you can create online, whether you are running a service-based business, you want to create products, memberships, affiliates, courses, podcasts, like we are going to dive in for five full days. I can't wait. It's going to be so, so fun. So go to kathyheller.com slash here for this and get in on it. It's completely free. Also, we have one more day for you to enter the star giveaway Every single month, the last day of the month, we're going to be choosing two of you to get a scholarship to my program, plus some don't keep your day job swag. All you got to do is star, subscribe, tag, and review. Subscribe to the show, post something about our show on your Instagram, tag a friend. If you can think of one friend right now who might get something out of this episode. So you go onto your Instagram, tag your friend. You could tag more. You can have more entries, but you subscribe, tag, and review. And so you're going to leave a review for us. Take a screenshot of your review and send it to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com with the subject line star and you'll be entered and we'll be choosing two winners tomorrow. I love you guys so much. I know that you have a zillion things going on right now. I wonder if this episode feels worth it. I wonder if coming to the show feels like it's really providing you with value. Is it? If it is, please share it. Please let people know about it. You have no idea how that might help another person and it definitely helps us a million percent. It's just remarkable though, like how many lives have changed. And I don't do this by myself. We've created a movement, all of us together. So I just can't thank you enough for listening. Your time is the most valuable thing that you have. And it means so much that you spend it here with me. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have an amazing weekend. When you just can't sleep, when you're counting sheep, I'll be here for you, I'll be here for you When you need to talk Take a good long walk I'll be here for you, I'll be here for you
Can't.